What's going on everyone? Choosing the correct oil can be difficult sometimes. Switching to Camco products can eliminate those pains. Camco products utilize only the highest quality of oils. You can get the same OEM quality products with the added value of a longer oil life with a superior additive package. They also offer a seal conditioner additive that will prolong the life of the shaft seal and O-rings. Did you know that Camco 717 series is top-off compatible? That's right, no need to waste oil when switching oils. Camco 717 series oil has even more benefits. You can reduce your yearly consumption of oil. You can gain more system capacity with far less oil migrating throughout piping and evaporators. You'll also reduce the kilowatt usage of your compressor since Camco 717 series has twice the lubricity of traditional naphthenic oils. Camco products are tested, proven, and trusted to outperform many other oils for over 35 years. They offer quicker lead times, better pricing, and same-day shipping to support the industry. Reach out to your local distributor and let Camco solve your lubrication needs. Tell them that Josh from Inside the Pipe sent you. Your facility operations require that you have technicians that are capable of keeping your process moving forward. FrickTraining.com solves a lot of those issues. Have the need to constantly send guys out for training? Do you have a high turnover? Have techs that are constantly busy, can't send them to startup training? Need yearly credit hours for your certifications? Cress, Ciro, Frick has an effective training program for all your needs. Give FrickTraining.com a try. Online training done right. Welcome to Inside the Pipe, the industrial refrigeration podcast that covers the work, lifestyle, and hazards of a career in natural refrigeration, where we love the smell of ammonia and hate the smell of sulfur. Here's your host, Joshua Reese. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Inside the Pipe. I am your host, Joshua Reese, and I'm glad to be back. Um, I took a little bit of a break there, had a lot of shit going on in my life. Um, some personal stuff, uh, that, that kind of tanked my mood a little bit. And then I kind of got, excuse me, I kind of got stressed out at work. Um, and so some of that stuff has been fixed. Um, other things are waiting to be fixed. Uh, but everything's going good for me and, and it's about time that I got off my ass and, and put one of these out. Um, there was a lot of resistance to doing this. I've had this break and I've been like what I consider, like I'm hard on myself. Like I'm like, you piece of shit. You've got, you need to get all this shit out. You're disappointing people. You know what I mean? It's like my dad inside my head. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 I do apologize for being gone so long. I, I just, um, I had some things that I had to take care of and, and you know what, I'm just going to force myself to get back to it. Um, I've, I, I went to the Rita convention last week, had, had a freaking blast, um, saw a lot of old friends, uh, you know, and, and it was awesome. And it reminded me that, you know what, I've got uh, like a ton of people kept asking me about the podcast and I just could not, I was blown away by how many people, um, you know, I like to me, like, I think that I've got like 10 or 15, you know, guys that are out there listening to me. So, you know, when, when, when you get people coming up, like it, it's at some point you're just like, holy shit, man. Okay. Well, this thing's getting to be a little bit bigger than what I thought it was. 
and I, I need to take it serious and, and, and really get back to it. So that's what I'm doing now. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and get into it. This next guest, um, is Mark Eddington. Uh, Mark, Mark posts a lot. Like this dude is like a motorhead. If you're friends with him on Facebook or, you know, if any of you guys follow him on your refrigerations, you probably see the stuff that he posts. Um, he re rebuilds a shit ton of compressors. That seems to be like this dude's forte. Um, but I decided to reach out to him and he was willing to come on the show. Um, and so this is our conversation. Mr. Mark Fast Eddie Eddington. How's it going, dude? <laughs> it's going good. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, ma'am. So fast, fast Eddie, is that that's from so have you been racing like your entire life or something? I see that you're like a massive uh like race <laughs> fan. Like what? Yeah, I grew up next to uh in over in Norwalk, Ohio, next to uh, Summit Motorsports Park. That's what it's called now. But uh so we grew up next to a racetrack, like drag racing, bracket racing, whatever, and uh you know, we went a lot as kids, and then then once I turned sixteen, we just started going. So you take whatever you could race there, and then as time went on, we just kept building more and more and more, and it was just a name somebody gave me <laughs> twenty years ago. What was the What was the first ago. car? Nice. What What was the first car that you uh, raced over there? So the first thing I ever raced there, I was sixteen, is a, a nineteen ninety four Ranger, <laughs> and it, it was it was stick shift alo V six in it, and. Uh, I only went over there because that, you know, that's what we did. We, we, you know, it's a small town area and stuff. And, uh, my brother, now he was my older brother. He had, uh, he was in the, he, uh, had like a Mustang and I, 1990 Mustang and he would soup him up. He was a little older than me. So he was a little advanced compared to what I had going on. And, yeah. uh, it, it went from there, but I, I raced that truck for about six months and, uh, <laughs> cooked a couple of clutches in it and stuff like that from not knowing how to race it. Right. And, uh, but it was fun and it was actually pretty cheap. It's still kind of, I mean, cars can get ridiculously expensive and stuff you put into it back then though just to go race you could race anything in certain classes and it was actually pretty fun kept us out of trouble for the most part kind of nice. kept you on the racetrack and stuff and as you got you know more extreme yeah for <laughs> cars sure. yeah i had a very similar thing i did I, mine was skateboarding yeah skateboarding and in in mixed martial arts yeah there was yeah. not that that's what kept me out of trouble like for the most part um right. and now you're racing that like i see you got like some souped up like old like the old like square body camaro yeah. like yeah yeah that, that thing looks absolutely ridiculous like that i i've seen those pictures that you have of it doing like a willy going down the track like that's got to be some <laughs> insane torque yeah it's quite a rush you know and uh that car actually i got when i was a senior in high school and it was just a slow v6 what? and uh, i've had it for well, I graduated in 2003, so it's almost 20. Well, I got it in 2002, so it's 20 years I've had that car. So it's been a wow. project for 20 years, you know. So <laughs> how old are you now? 37. Yeah. I think oh, we're wow. Close to the okay, same. all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm 38. Yep. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Don't you still feel like uh, like you're like 15? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I was like, I'm like a 15 with 20, 15 year old with 20s years of experience. Like, it's not like it doesn't change. Like just one day you wake up and you're like, holy shit, man, I got all these responsibilities and it's not, <laughs> I still feel like I'm the exact same person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still, yeah. you know, it's just, there's some days I feel old, but generally, yeah, man, there's so much, I still feel, I know I'm pretty young still considering, yeah. you know, we've had a. A lot of fun times back, you know, when we were younger like that too, especially we did a lot of, you know, go, 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 go. So the older we get, yeah. I actually like to slow down, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No so. kidding, man. 
time starts flying by pretty quick. So is that how you got in? Like, were you, is that what kind of interest interested you in refrigeration? Like you like working on motors and stuff like that, or did you have some kind of influence outside of that? How'd you um, get into refrigeration? I, I got into it because uh, I always liked, we worked on the cars, like working on them, rebuilding the motors and stuff. But I, I got in the refrigeration, you know, uh, around, it, it was 25 actually. And I was like an auto tech, nice. you know, that's what I did. I've worked on cars and I got tired of doing it. Well, uh, I also had to do like the, the, you know, uh, heating and ventilation on cars. So I had to charge the systems, find the leaks and stuff. So it kind of got introduced that way, but I, I had a couple friends that were, uh, HVAC techs, you know, and they, mm -hmm. uh, seemed like that career had a little more uh, potential in it. It was, uh, you don't get, you know, you had a better career in it. So all I did was try doing it. I went to a community college and did like a fast track program, uh, to where yeah. you go to school for like eight hours a day, you do that for, you know, eight months, a year. And then, uh, yeah. then you, then you got, you know, you get done. So, and that's how I got into the refrigeration. So it was kind of just wanted to do something different. It was something that was hands-on, so I figured I could figure it out or, you know, pick up on it. And I did. And and uh, I didn't do – this was for residential or, light industrial, yeah. like, commercial. That's what we got mm -hmm. trained on, at least. But uh, I uh, was looking for a job because I still went to work in school, you know, and I was looking for a job when I got done with my program and uh, actually tried a couple uh, local residential places. I did a couple different – you know, interviews and stuff. But one of them was a contractor in Toledo. That's a, um, they do industrial work. They just wanted somebody mm -hmm. that, uh, was like new that they could train, you know, they, uh, mm -hmm. that was pretty green, you know? And, yeah. uh, and it's true union. So it was an apprenticeship program and I didn't start off that way. I had to work there for a little while before I actually got into that. But so when I got thrown into it, I really didn't know, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like starting to clean slate. Cause anything I learned, I mean, the, the principles are all the same. But uh, yeah. going from some little reach-in or walk-in cooler to these massive systems, because some of the ones I went to in the first week or two there were, you know, ammonia plants specifically, too. There's a couple of ammonia plants I went to. One of them, you know, it's huge. You know, it's like 60,000 pounds of ammonia. So mm -hmm. it, it's very confusing. But uh, I'm glad I, I made that step. But uh, I think the rebuilding compressors, because I know we rebuild compressors a lot and do top ends and stuff, that helps having car experience because it's not i mean it's different yeah the heads are different but you know changing bearings on it or something and uh mm -hmm. putting in new rods piston sets and stuff and rings it's all the same as a car almost it's actually easier to do <laughs> um, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah a filter or something than it is to rebuild some small box chevy or something it's way easier to do a filter you know because they're more designed for that obviously they're a little easier yeah. to work on there's not so much stuff in the way but it, it helped quite a bit being able to do that so i i just think i pick the right i mean I, i'm glad i picked that this career because it's it's went yeah. right away this has been a about 11 years now since i've uh worked at that contract that first one i worked for up here in toledo and uh i i look back and it's it's there's quite a bit of stuff over those years you get to play with and learn and stuff like that i mean a lot of learning you can always keep learning yeah but, uh, the what i i had no idea that this industry was could have such a potential and how much of it was yeah. around? You had no idea. Like, you don't know how many plants have this, you know, industrial refrigeration until you start going to them. So it's kind of amazing. And it's all over the country like that. You know, it's just uh, something that most people don't ever think about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's not, so are you, are you still with the same company or did you go to a different, like a, are you at a different company than where, where you started? Um, at? So I'm at a different one. I, I did my whole apprenticeship through one company in Toledo. You know, I worked there for 
well, over six years, almost seven years I worked there. And they were mm-hmm. a great contractor. Um, my reason to go somewhere else was just I felt like uh, I was kind of like flatlining there. You know, we were at the same yeah, places yeah, sure. all the time. And uh, we did everything, really, because I, I, I went through as a, a pipe fitter welder because uh, at, oh, the wow. time, at the time, they were, that's the only people they were accepting back, back you know, it was after, you know, 2011-ish. And yeah. the economy wasn't the best. And uh, that's that's what I had to be. And I didn't mind that because I kind of welded a little bit on cars and stuff. Yeah. I wasn't very good, but <laughs> I kind of <laughs> had the idea. But uh, yeah. I, I, I just wanted to do, uh, I don't know, after doing that, the first contract, I kind of had that little itch. I just wanted to do industrial refrigeration, mainly ammonia. Yeah. I just liked it. And that's what I wanted it's to do. It's so funny. I'm, you know? Yeah. I- I, I had the same same kind. I came from the same background. Actually, I didn't go to, to school, but I started in HVAC. Actually, so I guess I didn't. I, I never went to school, but I started actually in HVAC, which gave, which gave me a really good understanding of the refrigeration cycle. Like it, like like what you're saying with the with automobile. It's it realistically is all the same. Like once you once you really understand the basics of it all, it can be applied to each one. It doesn't matter which one that you're going to. Um, but the one thing that I missed out on was I never welded. And, and so that, that really is like a hot commodity right now. Like if you're a service tech that can weld, there's not a whole lot of guys out there that, that can actually do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely gotten welders are harder to come by and let alone one that can, you know, ammonia, we work on so much carbon, you know, carbon steel and stainless. It's, it's kind of goes hand in hand. Like if you can braze and you do HVAC, you know, it's just, it's a great thing to have and you know it's uh it, it i don't do it as much but i have my certifications and i still do it here and there you know because it's still kind of easier i guess to find a, a welder than it is ammonia tech so it's just depends yeah. on where you live at i guess in the country but uh i'm sure it's like that down there tennessee right same yeah it's got to yeah. be rough to ha- uh service techs are hard to come by sometimes and uh especially lately yeah, I think that that's a that's that's a big issue that we're we are um, we're going through like as a whole, um, for, you know, for the for anything in industrial like there we can't find. I mean, maybe it's the the generation coming up or whatever, but there's just not a lot of people that are in the trade. So finding people, you know, especially in the areas I'm, I'm in sales now. I'm not, I'm not a, a, an industrial refrigeration tech. So I'm out there actually trying to find people to do the work and man, it's near impossible. I, I scour LinkedIn, you know, and, 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 and we're really just trying to find someone with some kind of experience, even like with what you're saying, like somebody looking for someone green, you know, yep. like with just some, some kind of HVAC experience or something so that they somewhat understand the cycle and, it, it's impossible. It, it really does make me wonder where this, <clears throat> I used to think that I, because I've, I've worked on both sides in industrial refrigeration between um, like working for um, the end user, like for target or, you know, on, on the operation side and they, it, it's, it, it, it is like impossible to find anybody with the experience. Like it, it, there's just not a lot of people out there anymore. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it's 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 tough. It seems like it's like that with everything, but definitely our generation is. Yeah, like, there's a lot of older guys, even at the company I work at now or the one before. You know, it seemed like there was always a lot of guys that were just about to retire, and they had a lot of knowledge and experience that you have to replace somehow, or you have to at least try to yeah. train them and replace that because 
um, you know, the accounts, you keep the same, if you keep the same stuff and you have the same workers and then you lose some of them, you know, it's just hard to fill that void right now. And, uh, yeah. I'm sure, like I said, I, I, I thought you were in sales. I couldn't remember what you were in. I know you, you, you did service tech for a while. Didn't oh, you? Yeah. I mean, generally I that's what you did over 20 years. Yeah, yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I, I miss it sometimes, you know, it's a lot easier going out there and not having to, I, I'm not, well, I guess I'm pretty good with talking with people, but it, it's like, I, when you take away that, like, I feel like us as men, this is kind of off the subject of refrigeration, but we like to have like a full day, right? right. So <laughs> when you when like going out there and just talking with people constantly, it's so hard to like get a day to where you're like, man, I just really did what I was supposed to do today, you know? And and <laughs> there was and it, it's not. I mean, I I I'm I'm a more physical t- type of person, so I always felt far more accomplished coming home from a full day of service than what I do with sales. Now I'm just exhausted because I'm just driving everywhere, just trying to get people to, you know, Hey man, I could do your work and I could do it good. Right. You know, but it, I mean, I, I do enjoy doing it. You have to have those kind of guys to be able to go out there and drum up work. Um, but I do miss it. And I do find myself slipping. Like I talk to a lot of service techs. I used to do a lot of technical support for service techs or like buddies of mine that I've made throughout the years and, you know, call me, Hey, I got this problem or whatever. But it, I can feel, I can feel a lot of that going away and it worries me. So, you know, I, I constantly am like trying to dive into books to, to read, to keep refreshing myself and stuff like that. It's a whole different world stepping out of, of being a technician to going into something like what I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get the accomplishment thing. I think you're definitely right with that, that, uh, if you don't, that's just how we are. We want to have a, yeah, yeah. That, that's well, I mean, that's why we, I, I don't know but that's why I like work. That's why I like what we do is because you can, whatever the accomplishment might be, it might be that you, you sell a contract or something. It's just a different type, but um, they're all the same. But that sense of accomplishment is a huge part to why I think a lot of us like going to work. You know, we, it's not like yeah. it's a misery, like a lot of, there's so many people that they just don't want to go to work because <laughs> they don't like their job. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really grateful that we get to like our job enough that we want to go back to it and actually have accomplishment. When you get home, you feel better about your, about your day like it wasn't just a yeah waste of day and stuff like that and it's uh but yeah definitely i can only imagine what it, what it would be like to step from one to the other because i think a lot a lot of older guys um some of the ones that worked around they'd have that problem when they would retire you know they might not even if they some might have hobbies and stuff but they really they really liked they were so used to it and that accomplishment you get in that full day of work and that they really liked yeah. their career and then to retire and i can only imagine what it'd be like to switch gears being younger like this too, it'd be different. Yeah. It's not that it's bad. That's great, yeah. man. You know, it's great that you, yeah, that's, for that's sure. an advancement for sure, but it would be different. I yeah. can imagine. It is. And plus you don't get that. Like you, like I, I did one of the, like I'm a problem solver. Like I, I always, I kind of had a sim, my dad was a mechanic. So that's kind of how I got into refrigeration. Like I was just interested in mechanic things, mechanical things. And, um, it, it was solving problems. Once I got into refrigeration, like, like, like working on a vehicle wasn't like, I, I couldn't do the same things that you do. Um, but like my dad was always working on his own shit. And so right. I, you know, he would have me come out there and ch- help him change the brakes or do whatever. So that, that's what kind of led me into going into a service tech kind of role. Um, but I, I don't, I, I don't have that challenge. You know what I mean? Like if you're, 
like like some I don't know what your favorite things to do were mine were either like serious like control issues or or pump outs like I loved like yeah. like crazy wild pump outs whole systems like or trying to pump out something that was like extremely difficult like it, because I was able to use my mind like there's once you get into sales there's not a whole lot of that going on you know what I mean like right. you're you're not you you are a, a, a like I still have my hands in service, like and and try to help out everywhere I can. Like I'm not just like, oh well, I'm just doing sales and 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 leaving it alone. Like when it comes to a job, I try to figure out everything that's going on with the job, figure right. out the pump outs, do whatever. But it's not the same. Like I I don't get the I don't get the same engagement, you know, every day because I'm I'm like trying to figure out what's going on with this refrigeration system or whatever. So it's it's definitely. It's definitely different. I feel like my body kind of needed it just, you know, from because service can be difficult, you know, on the on the body, especially if you're doing like compressor rebuilds and, and stuff like that, which is something that I see that you must absolutely love because you're constantly <laughs> posting stuff about rebuilding compressors and stuff. But um, it's I, I definitely miss the challenge like there there's a, it just service does present something that that really does make you feel good at the end of the day when you go home you know oh yeah yeah definitely you know uh yeah i, I do like rebuilding compressors i do like uh, filters especially <laughs> those are my favorite but uh uh you're right though it, it is more physically demanding every time i do it if it yeah. depends on what you're doing but um you know if you're working in that bottom end and you have to lay on your back and you're reaching in yeah. there and it man and lifted the heads off and it does get i i, I could it's fun. I like it because sometimes it's nice to have a job that I like. I really like, uh, like you're saying, the pump outs, troubleshooting, uh, having yeah. to use your mind. Something's different. I lo- I really do like that. I really, I, it's a great part of our job that gives, uh, keeps your mind active. You know, it makes you and it makes you tired by the day for just thinking and working yeah. on it. But um, it is nice every once in a while to do compressor rebuilds because it's kind of a, it's not as mindful. You know, it, it's the same. Unless you're, especially if it's routine maintenance, like you're just doing a top end yeah. oil change and a float and cleaning it and all that stuff. It's, um, it's, it's not that it's, it's like mindless, but it's just an easier task that is sometimes nice <laughs> to do something like that, is that when, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you know? Are you normally like when you're doing these compressors, is it mostly from like preventative maintenance where you're doing a top end or do you, do you get into a lot where one slug liquid or, or, you know, some kind of issue happened with them? I bet 70, probably 70% of them are just because we're just doing maintenance on them for a top end or they want to do a whole rebuild or, you know, it might be some service, there's service in there, you know, that, you know, they slugs liquid rip just tore the thing up. Or, you know, a chassis yeah. blew out and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I, I'm really happy a lot of these places that, uh, that our company has got them to make sure every so often that they're changing the oil and doing a top end on them. I mean, some of these compressors around, there's a lot of them around Detroit because that's generally where I work around Metro Detroit. And mm-hmm. uh, from I'm, I live over by Toledo, which is about you know 45 minutes from Detroit, an hour to some yeah. places. But uh, there's a lot of old filters around there and uh, a lot of bottling plants that have them and some cold storage fillies that have, you know, different ones, mycoms and stuff like that. But uh, th- it, it's nice to, some of them are very old, you know, they're from the 60s and they're still running like it's no big deal. You know, it's hard to, you know, they're great compressors if you just keep take care of them. You know, you just keep checking yeah. on them and you rebuild them. And But uh, I've definitely had my, my fair share of ones that just 
blew up pretty much, you know, or <laughs> got it, you know, they, <laughs> they, there's been quite a couple of those and, and, uh, but, uh, you know, and that's kind of what I do maybe, you know, it's, it's pretty v- a big variety of what I, you know, as any service tech is a big variety, um, you know, between PMs and, and doing this r- routine inspections or mm-hmm. doing these top ends or doing service, you know, this summer, I'm sure it was like that about everywhere, but this summer was real busy for us again, it, it, like crazy busy. And it's more because, you know, um, it's, it all comes down to the manpower thing, which every company I think is seeing is, is tough to, to maintain, yeah. you know, when you keep picking up new accounts or anything like that, then it really puts a, a strain on it. And, 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 and you know how it is, uh, you, you might, it might balance out, but then the one day everything breaks, you know, and you just don't yeah. have it. And, and, and then you have to pick out who's more important and, you know, and it's just, it's tough decisions that have to be made sometimes, you know? And, uh, yeah. I, I, but the good thing is, is, uh, summer's over now. So it kind of is slowing down to a certain extent. Well, I almost, couldn't nice. do, I almost couldn't do it tonight. Cause that's just how it goes. Anytime I have any kind of plans or something like that, usually, something happens yeah. at, you know where at like four o'clock on a friday afternoon or something <laughs> that's usually when stuff yeah, yeah really goes haywire so uh but uh you know it's uh it's it's nice i think that you do a lot of everything i think that helps uh, i i used to uh, years back i worked at so i've worked at three contractors in about 11 years and um mm. the last one i worked at i did a lot of pms a lot of inspections and stuff like that and uh which yeah. were nice because i because they had a really good program for that and uh, that's what they they focused on that very hard and that which is good it, it has its place mm-hmm. for sure but um i will say that that kind of bored me doing that stuff i don't know how other yes. service techs are some some might like it but i if that's all you do for a month and uh <laughs> it gets it yeah. gets tiring right yeah pms can get like crazy redundant um it's you know what's so funny is that like i i've seen like i hated pms in, in, in all honesty like there was not like there what i'm i'm right along with you i've been stuck in them but i understand that they're they're it's they're a necessary evil right like if you're if you're getting a a, a customer that just absolutely um is, is trying to take care of their refrigeration system it's going to require pms and and me on my sales side gets like we th- that's the main thing that we're trying to sell yeah. is a is a pm contract because we, you know we know that once we get in there like there's no better way to take care of a customer than that but right. somebody's got to do that work and yeah. it and it is just it is mind numbing the same <laughs> shit over and over and over again so yeah i i totally get that like there's not like i i cannot I can't stand stand PMs, but I do understand that there, there's a reason that they're there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's 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 a good thing to have. And some places don't, you know. So you get one extreme or the other. You know, this yes. one has tons of them, and this one over here, you know, they're only going to call you when it breaks. You know, they're not yeah. going to really do their, <clears throat> which is, you know, it's just the other yeah. end. Of the That's the guy that calls you on Friday. <laughs> Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. That's the dude that's calling you in the middle of the yeah. night is the one that doesn't have. He's I like, mean, "Now we don't need PMs," and then he's like, "Hey, get your ass here!" This <laughs> professor isn't doing whatever. It's exactly, doing. that's the way it usually goes. Yeah. You know, I mean, anybody these customers now, a lot of them uh, that bigger customers, you know, they're pretty good about those PMs and uh, yeah. PSM. They're really on top of it to, to cover it, and I think they understand that to pay a little bit now is better than paying a lot later because they don't. Yes, you know, just because it's running doesn't mean it's right. You know, something could be wrong. You know, you got this stuff's got so many different parts and some of these bigger plants have a million different things going on. And uh, it's it's good. I've noticed that 
it's gotten better with that. A lot of companies are taking more responsibility to make sure that they're at least letting somebody come in and do PMs at least on a weekly basis or a monthly basis or something so that you can actually see what's going on, you know, help them. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like that's, I feel like the state of where we're at, like, especially with parts and stuff, like, I feel like that's checking customers because it's, it isn't going, it's far better to like right now there there's, there's hardly anything that you can, that can break down and we could come in and say, Oh, okay, well I'll get the part here tomorrow. You know right. what I mean? Especially if it's a valve or something like that. Like I haven't had a lot of problems out of Vilter, um, or at least not, a, 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 not like crazy shipping times. Like normally I can get, I can get parts within a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, any, any other, any major part or any kind of a part that's, that's used, you know, nationwide, you, you could have six to eight weeks, you know, lead time (laughs) on it. So I feel like that's kind of helped correct that, like at least some people's attitude with getting in and doing preventative maintenance because they understand that, okay, well there, I'm not, if, if, if I catch this today, it could be several weeks before, you know, I can get those kind of parts in. Are you oh, experiencing yeah. the same yeah. thing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain things take take quite a long time. Certain um, electronics, pressure transducers, certain ones. Um, yeah, yeah. Some of this stuff is. I know. Uh, you know, when it, the whole COVID started, it was like buying anything from RS, and and it was just very big lead times to get stock up, like even our shop yeah. get stuff up. And then, so so it helped though. It did just like just like uh, doing the PMs and stuff helps with the parts, so you know what's happening. That they. Some of these places will keep parts of their own, right? We'll buy them mm-hmm. and we'll help them stock their parts area so they have stuff on, you know, hand. And uh, that's gotten a lot better at a few places over this whole COVID and, and the shipping problems and supply chain problems and uh, that they actually keep more parts that they probably should have kept anyways. It just got, they got so used to the, oh, we could get it in a couple of days or you can overnight it and yeah. tomorrow. And now you don't get that as much. So it's, it's actually helped them out a little bit because now that they realize that, you know, we need to have certain things on the shelf so that this whole plant doesn't go down with all, you know, the way these PLCs are and everything. <laughs> you can't just run these things, some of these in manual, like you could a old plant as well, you know, so yeah. certain, certain, especially certain electronics or PLC parts, they fail, you know, you're, you're going to have somebody literally sitting there for 24 hours a day, flipping dip switches or something to keep it going. So, yeah it's best to have these parts on hand. So it's, I think that's helped out quite a bit, but um, I think there's still a, quite a supply chain problem. That's for sure, man. It's a uh, pretty slow yeah. for certain things, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of, if, if someone's lucky enough to have MOA switches or so, or handoff yeah. auto switches, like they don't, some of the new technology that's going in doesn't have them and they're manually putting it in the PLC. But if the PLC fails, you know, I didn't, I didn't, there, I, I, th- I've kind of got a problem with that. Like I, th- I think that there's not, I think MOA, MOA switches have a, a place in refrigeration, like an irreplaceable place. Like as far as like you, you most certainly should have it no matter what you're going in with, you need a way to manually turn that kind of equipment on because the, the, you have no idea what could happen. And if that PLC fails, you know, you're not, you're kind of just st- you know, stuck in the dark. I guess you could hardwire things, but you know, there's not, you're not going to get, that would be super expensive to have and dangerous, you know? Right. I agree a hundred percent. They have to, those are, those are something that's irreplaceable to have those, those switches. So you can run the compressor room. You can still run everything. Cause if you don't, like you said, it's, 
it can be terrible and it'll probably happen when it's like 100 degrees out in the middle of summer and the plant can't be yeah. down very long because uh, you know they have millions of dollars of stuff in there that that can go bad you know if they can't get this plant to keep running so i think that's a good point because uh, um i haven't seen as many brand new plants um at least you know in the 2000s but not like 2015 i'd say and up i've only yeah. seen a couple that were you know about four or five years ago a couple in michigan that were built that year so um but if i remember right it was a, one of them was a pretty big plant it, they did have they still had the moas on there so it was nice at least for all the everything um mm -hmm. but certain things you can't you know if you have these danfoss valves and everything they I don't think they had yeah. anything. For, it was more of the compressor room could run, the condensers could, you could manually run the pumps, stuff like that. I mean, I guess it gets, it, it's gotten quite comp, you know, with a, looking at an old engine room compared to now, I mean, they're completely different mm -hmm. the way they're automated and you can see everything from at home. Um, I know I was brought up, um, you know, one of my buddies the other day about how some of these newer, well, a lot of the newer plants, you know, you can see it remotely, right? You can see it on an IP address or, yeah. you know, there's different ways and uh, that some of them can actually, you know, start it. Like if you had a problem, like there was a high level or something or something tripped to enter yeah. them out and they can still start it from not being there. Nobody will be there and they can do that stuff, which is, I obviously don't agree with that at all. Cause you, you know, you have, somebody really needs to be there to, flip yeah. the switch, to hit the buttons, you know, you want to just reset. I guess it depends on what it is, obviously, but it um, is, it's, it's, but I mean, if it's, technology. Yeah, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, to Oh no, you're yeah. fine. No, I I just think technology. It's not a. It's not the technology is good, but it's kind of a has some evils that come along with it. That it does, yeah. And there could be. So I've had, and so this is my example. Like I I, I worked for a company that had that I had remote access to, and there's engine rooms that I've started even from a flood back. Like, a, but again, you're you you have to. You, you have to rely on the information that is being presented to be correct, right? So if you have a high level on a vessel, I, I would be able to start the pump up, like manually start the liquid pump up, stack liquid on the roof, open up a couple of evaporators or whatever, watch that liquid level drop down, then fire the engine room back up and stuff like that, which I guess at the, playing devil's advocate, yeah, there there's a possibility that something still could go wrong. Um, but I think that there's there's clues that, I, I mean, especially like if you see a liquid level actually dropping, like I don't think that that would be. Uh, I mean, but you are right. There's there most likely should be someone there that is it, it, that should at least look over everything. Like, why did the flood back even happen? Like, if it was, um, you know, the feed for the vessel that was blowing by or something like that. Like, you might end up just being in the same position after you started or or right. whatever. I, I I mean, I think, dude, they're getting crazy with the technology. Like, there's not. I've got a, a a good friend of mine who um have you ever heard of cross no key? No. Nope. It it's 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 an AI control system. Like and so mm. it it actively looks at like readings and stuff like that, shuts evaporators down. I don't know how supposedly it, it supposedly it is more efficient than just regular you know working off of just a temperature and a and a prop band and and suction pressures and stuff like that. Right. Um, but the they are getting the the systems the control systems are getting far more advanced you know, than, than anything, which I, I think is just a natural order of things, right? Like, you know, you're, you're going to get things that are just progressing and, and depending on, 
I mean, it's also depending on what area you're working in. So if you're working in an, in an area like where there's a lot a lot more older systems that doesn't have that kind of technology, yeah. you know, it's it it becomes a lot more risky at that point. But there there is some technology out there that's that are that's making it safer to you know to to work on on equip not work on but like startup equipment you know remotely versus being there. You know, if that makes yeah. any sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I can see that. that that's that is interesting to think how we can run an engine room, you know, like that. Yeah. And AI and stuff like that. I mean, I'm yeah. sure if that's I mean, we use kind of a basic one a lot for all your apps and stuff, you know, or when you look at Google or yeah. something, it remembers everything that you looked up and yeah. <laughs> tries to send you ads. But it's kind of that is interesting to see that come along. I mean, I know they have some automated freezers, you know, those with the. Yeah, track cinemas, and I remember, dude, those. that's the craziest <laughs> shit ever. It is. Yeah, do you have you seen those? Yes, do you have I've some seen of those? them. Yeah, we do. It's, wow. They're in Ohio. I, I haven't been there in a while. It was a different contractor. I went down. We, but I've seen them, and they're pretty, pretty wild to see that how it works and how well actually when it works, it works great. You know. Yeah. As long as you don't have any problems, because I know they had some problems. A sensor or something with just <laughs> one sensor. Where was that, it? You know, it where was, was a, the this? It was a Myers. What plant. city was this in? Tip City. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. The automated buildings are getting pretty crazy. Like the way they pick them. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it was it the ones with the big cranes where they can go through and they could pick the product and they yep. and they build the pallets and all that? Yep. Dude, that's crazy shit, man. It's it's pretty amazing. There's not, they, <laughs> yeah, and they, you know, I, I so I came from a building that that used those automated systems, and it 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 eliminates, which I technology eliminates human error. So that's what yeah. that that realistically is is the is the best definition that I can come up with. They the and 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 that was the the main thing. This was called a, a it, it was spelled with a V, but it was called Wetron, a Wetron system. Mm-hmm. And this thing did everything from picking the the product out of this out of this storage area. These big ass like ninety foot cranes would go in there, pick the product, stack the pallet by crushability like by what what couldn't go on what and yep. then by store layout so not <laughs> only did it say and it, and it saved like 98% of of like pallets flipping over and stuff like that like things that like human error and and and, and then it also saved like millions of dollars for where it was getting shipped to because they were able to instead of breaking down the pallets in some back area and then you know saying oh this goes to this aisle this goes to that aisle yeah. it would stack the pallet by where they could just run the 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 pallet jack down the aisles and everything from from the top down was where it needed to be in the aisle <laughs> it, it, so it, it's crazy it, it and it and they're all like these corporations are looking at it like it saved millions. Like whenever they ran the reports, like actually of what it was doing, not only did it save like 400 human beings, like at, at, at this distribution center, but it also saved numerous from the, from the, where, where it was being distributed to because they didn't have to do stuff like that. So like unstacking it. And so it's, that's one of the things that we have to factor in, in in everything that we do, you know, everybody's scared that robots are going to replace them and shit. But it, I mean, it is it, it really is true to a certain extent. Like technology, they're they're trying to build technology that that eliminates human error, which makes more profit, which turns uh, turns the product around quicker. 
Oh yeah. And and that's not, that's, that's the, it seems like the direction that we're going anyways. Oh yeah. Yeah. This isn't a, it's not a, uh, refrigeration thing they were using it in, but there was, there was ammonia at this plant, but big warehouses. Um, we used to have to get guided. They'd have to walk with you, the guards and stuff, but they had, Mm -hmm. they had to automate it forklifts there. And, uh, their whole warehouse, which is a pretty big warehouse because of what it is, um, you know, there's this forklift driving around all day long with nobody on them. You know, like 30 of these things just driving around loading trucks in a warehouse. What? Getting rid of the finished product. Yeah, it was actually pretty neat. And this is, uh, I mean, it's, it was like that when I first went there. And that was, you know, that was, that was one of the first places I went like, 11 years ago. And, uh, yeah, they forklifts drive all over the place. There's sensors everywhere in the floor and in the bo- poles and beams. And uh, those things would just drive all over the place all day long. They never stopped, you know. And uh, Was they, it Amazon? No, it was Campbell's Soup. It was a Campbell's Soup. Oh, plant. okay. So yeah, it was, yeah. actually it was a beverage side. So it was where they made, uh, you know, they made V8, and they made Splash, and they made this and that and this and that. Because I was at that place for quite a long time, almost consistently all the time, like a permanent thing for the contractor. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, that's that. The other side wasn't like the other plant because there's two plants down there. It's in Ohio, and uh, the one side wasn't like that. They still had the normal forklifts, but that side over there on the beverage side had those forklifts and. Like I said, 2011 is when I first went there, and they were there wow, then. That's crazy. So I don't know. I don't know if yeah. it's changed. I've been there in five years, you know. But uh, it was it was pretty yeah. neat to see those things. But it's kind of a scary thing seeing that because you're just wondering, you know. I I got friends that are forklift drivers. You know, it, it literally is replacing them. Yeah. And I'm sure that I, even though those are expensive, I'm sure the bo- bottom dollar is it saves it saves money. It it, it makes a better profit just by having that. Yeah. So why would why wouldn't a company do that? You know, I, I yeah for sure. So it's not, it's a little different. It makes you wonder but, where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like as a society, like what's going to happen? Like if all, if we all get replaced by robots, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, it used to be science fiction and now like it's all coming out. Yeah. Like there's, I had a buddy, my buddy, he does, he does startups all over the, all over the globe. Um, and he sent me a video the other day of, have you ever seen those Boston, I think it's Boston robotics or something like that. And they've got this mm-hmm. like dog. It looks like a little dog robotic thing. Okay. There's videos of it all over the, all over the web, but he sent me, he was just sitting out doing a startup and this robot runs by him. Like it looks like a dog, but it's just <laughs> got a camera on its face and they've got like six or seven of them on this, on this site. And it replaced their um, security. These things just constantly oh. run around and they're constantly scanning the whole the whole site, like it's just making a perimeter 24 seven, like this is a robot <laughs> running around the whole yard. Like it's, it's crazy. There is, it, it makes you wonder like what we have in store in the future, like what's going to happen to our careers. Like, I don't think that they're going to ever be able to build or get a, a robe. I mean, I wouldn't think so, but right. I wouldn't think that they'd be able to rebuild compressors or, you know, stuff like that. There's still got to be someone at some point there monitoring something or checking something or taking something apart, you know, yep. it takes hands, right. You know, but it, it, it's kind of scary to think about. There's, there's yep. a lot of, te- I mean, technology is advancing and, and they are, especially with that control system that I'm talking about with it, with AI, like it's not, it, it, it supposedly saves like 30% of the kilowatt usage, you know, That's which amazing. is another big thing with, yeah. you know, the kilowatt usage of these buildings are massive. Like I, I know, I mean, I've worked on, I've worked at, on facilities where they were millions a month. You know what <laughs> I mean? The, 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 how much, how much power this, this thing was using. So when, when you can reduce that, that, that like, 
owners and CEOs and board members, they're all ears. Oh, yeah. And and I think that that's something that's going to, I think that we're going to see a a major, and and the company I, I just mentioned is not the only one that's doing it. There's other contractors out there that have built AI systems or, or are building AI systems for refrigeration systems. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That's neat. I can, I can, uh, you know, kilowatt. Exactly. And that's like the selling point. If you can go in there, yes. talk to a customer about how to save on his electrical bill. Cause these bills are so much money on these plants. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's, I'm curious to see what it goes to, you know, like, uh, like today, earlier today, I was at a plant that was, it's from the 1970s and to see that plant. Nice. And then later today, I went to a plant that's from, you know, 90, but it's had upgrades, you know, it's been, yeah, yeah. it's actually from 1988, but it has a lot of upgrades throughout time and expansions and, you know, a nice PLC system and stuff like that. But to see the difference in a plant that maybe is built right now compared to one that was built in 1990, it's just amazing. It's just as amazing as looking at her phone compared to 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, it's just a technology and, and everything is, is, is just quite astonishing. The panels they have now, you know, it's HD panels and Omni panels and vision panels, all these, yeah. panels, it's amazing. Can see can, you know, then you go play with an old one, like a micro two or something. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah. as if they're still around some places have yeah. more like micro threes, those are still kind of around, but, uh, it's the differences between them. You get spoiled on the newer, sometimes technology will spoil you, you know, like, being able to see all the trends or anytime somebody changed the set point or anything else on Omnipanel. Yes. It's worth the way gold, especially if you're not there all the time and you wonder why something happened. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's great. Technology is, uh, it, it can be great. I'm like anything, you know, it's got its downfalls, you know, is it going to replace this guy's job over here? Cause he's a forklift operator or because yeah. he, he works just in a cold storage and he just drives around the freezer, makes picks and stuff. I, I mean, I can, it, it, that's just that's the negatives of it, I guess. But th- somebody has to work on the stuff too. So, <laughs> um, that's yeah, for positive sure. Positive thing is that people have to maintain these conveyor systems that they have that are all automated and, and these forklifts and yeah. all the other technology goes with it. It's just a different different thing to maintain, you know. So that's that's the good yeah. point. Is anything they I, like you said the the service part of anything service tech for ammonia tech or industrial refrigeration or car anything. Uh, I thankfully. I, I don't ever see that go, at least not maybe you never know what could ever happen. Cause we, you know, 50 years ago, people never thought that phone would be better, you know, not be, yeah, no building. <laughs> you know, computer the size yeah. of a building is fits. It's our phones faster than that thing. Um, you never yeah. know what'll happen. I think this, uh, thankfully the service is, you know, he's always gonna have to have somebody's hands in there, you know, and it's a good, yeah. it's, that's a good thing because, uh, we don't want them. You, you still have to hold the market on, you don't want to just give it all away. It's like anything. If you give away your work or something, like say uh, we're, I'm bought a, a local fifty in Toledo, okay, pipe fitters and mm-hmm. steam fitters and HVAC and stuff like that. So, if, but if you give work away, because uh, I know we have here in the past, we'd give away mm-hmm. like pipeline work, you know, stuff like that. Years and years ago, even because they're plumbers too, so even like residential plumbing, kind of gave that away years ago too, because you just, you just didn't have people do it, so they gave it away. You'll never mm-hmm. get it back. So if you give a company. Um, all this automation and stuff like that, you know, they're, they're, I'm sure they'll be sold on it, like you're saying, because of the, the benefits. Are just oh, yeah. Oh, so great. You know? Yeah, for sure. That means that we're going to have to evolve. It, that's you know it. I mean, there's not the whole, the, everything will, it, it's all, it, it's a, it's a constant evolution. Like there's not, we, I, I don't think that you're going to be like, there, there's always going to be a need for technical people. 
You yeah. know, you can, the technology can get as advanced as it needs to, but there's always got to be someone there when it fucks up. <laughs> exactly. You know, there, yeah. it, and, and there, it, so that, that's something, I mean, I think that we're in a, in a field, like, again, I don't think that you're going to be able to get someone to rebuild compressors. I don't right. think that you're going to be able to get a ro- robot. They're still going to have to, even if you get one to I don't even think it could happen. I mean, maybe it will sometime in the future, but I don't think that we have anything to worry about that. You no, know, I think that's yeah. going to be safe. Yeah. I think, our, I, think but, we're, I think we're still safe, at least for at least our generation yeah, yeah, yeah. is good with that. Yeah, you know? for sure. But uh, yeah. Yeah, in the cost of those, I don't even want to know what the cost to, you know, the payback, like having an automated freezer and, and the whole conveyor system and the, be able to pick it. I don't even want to know what that costs. Cause I'm sure, you know, it's quite a pretty penny. Oh, so. it's a lot. <laughs> It's, it was, uh, I had, yeah, I, I looked at, it was, I I can't, I, 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 man, I feel like I'm going to throw out a number that isn't, I I'm pretty sure it was like, like $20 million or something like that. It was something (laughs) like crazy, but it was, uh, like for like the, the companies that I've seen do it are still doing it. Like apparently the, the savings are there. Yeah. Like whatever, like that, you know, it's a one-time cost. They come in, they, they do that. Um, and, and, uh, but I think that it's something that is so, I mean, it's again, it, it eliminates human error. So, you know, there's, there's no more broken product. There's, there's far less, you know, product that's waste or whatever they call it, scrapper. Um, so, and then on top of that, we, we took a, a building that was, you know, would normally take five or 600 workers to put out that, that much product. And it, and it, it got crunched down to 70. You know what I mean? So you have all those salaries that are gone. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it obviously is financially worth it because there's, they're, they're still doing it, you know? So (laughs) if I think some people, there's there are some people that did put in i don't want to say the names um but i know that there are some companies that started putting in automated facilities and they went away from them but the the type of automation that they were using wasn't as good as some of the other ones so i i think that there's some brands of automation that is better than 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 the other ones and if they were lucky fortunate enough to get the good one it does save money and i guess the the other ones didn't or whatever but yeah um i mean yeah it's it's definitely that that's something that we all got to think about man you know what what's going to happen in the future like even even remote accessing even being able to see a facility on your cell phone if you think about it it's been a while you know, even mm-hmm. like what you were saying, 2010, 2011, like I remember doing that. So like, what's that next stage? Like, I think this AI is going to be something that blows up because the the amount of savings that they're talking about um, is pretty substantial. Um, I, I'm supposed to have that guy on at some point, the cross no K, uh, cross no key. I keep, I'm probably screwing it up, but <laughs> he's supposed to, we're going to do a podcast uh, at, at some point and get down to the nitty gritty of what all this thing does. And, and, and I'm going to be, you know, talking to him and asking him all the, all the questions. But from, from what I understand, it's, it's, it's pretty substantial when it comes to kilowatt usage and how it runs these refrigeration systems. It would be like, you know, someone being there 24 seven, you know, it would take the place of someone being there 24 seven and operating a refrigeration system like they used to, where they would do it manually and, and stuff like that. So 
it, it's a, you know, it's the future. We've got to, we got to figure out what that is and then we got to be prepared for it. Yep. Yep. You just got to adapt to it. So that's a, yeah, I'll be curious to listen to that one. Cause it is, it's a, it's definitely a good topic. We need to see it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you this. Um, you, you mentioned what, what is your favorite like compressor to work on? Like, like let's, let's talk about what's your favorite, um, panel micro you mentioned the omni earlier how do you how do you feel about the omni panel I, I mean i like the omni panel um i i i was used to be more of a frick person to be honest because that's just what our company um yeah marketed you, you kind of they pick that mm-hmm. one and then we do uh hd panels or the quantum lx's when we were doing conversions and stuff over time um i really yeah. did like those but i, I will say I, this um where i work for now Jan- jansen refrigeration we we do a lot of gea that's what we that's what we yeah. sell and um, I really like the Omni panels. I, I went actually this spring because I've never done, I've done Frick School years ago, mm-hmm. like a contractor startup class. And they teach you all about, you know, they HD panels specifically, but they teach you all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. in it, um, which uh, Frick's great. Um, Frick, it's like picking Chevy or Ford, Frick or, you know, GEA. I, I, they're both great. They all, have, they all have their differences, you know. Um, but yeah. I think I, I, I really like the Omni panels myself and it has it doesn't have to do as much about uh picking a supplier it's more about i just went out there and went to this contractor startup class so you know we spent all week out there working on these omni panels because i used to be kind of um i'll be honest i was a little timid when the omni panels came out uh because they had mm-hmm. a lot there's just it seemed like there was a lot more going on in those you know there's a lot more um, options or there was just a lot going on and uh hd panels are, have a lot too but it i felt like it was a little easier to follow on each two panel. Yeah. Um, but I do like the Omni panels. I like that it's a universal, you know, they use it. And that's maybe that's why it's like that, because they use them on all kinds of things. Um, not just yeah. ammonia compressors, obviously. You know, they use them on anything, any kind of compressor or different, you know, gas compressors and stuff like that out in the natural gas fields and stuff like that. Because, uh, mm-hmm. but like I said, it's, it's kind of like either one. I like them both. Um, Omni panels yeah. a little more because I know the troubleshooting a little better because I just, you know, you spent a whole week doing that. So all you did was work on Omni panels yeah. and stuff like that. So got better at it. But uh, either one of those two are really good. Now, some of the other ones I'm just not as familiar with because we don't use them as much. You know, you get into different yeah. panels and stuff. Um, I just don't use them. We don't use them as much or not that many places have it. So it's, I feel like it's like anything that we work on. You work on it more, you have more confidence in it. Um, yeah. And, and it really helps because that was a, probably a big part of being starting as a server tech years ago is just gaining some confidence because uh that's hard to yeah. do and you work so much differently if you have you don't overthink things or complicate it and you actually have just confidence yeah. to do it so but you know like a final answer i i, I like the omni panels better but i love but i really like frick too i mean they're both great panels it just depends on what year they are because i older frick panels i really liked i didn't mind them you know like the rxf twos and stuff like that because there's yeah. still some of those around <laughs> I know yeah, those. You know them really well. Yeah, or the RWB2s. Yeah. Lexus, uh, <laughs> yeah. the Quantum LXs. That was the, some of the first yeah. panels I actually ever uh, changed out at. Pretty big place. Had, had 11 compressors. I think it was 11. It's been a while. It was one of the first major jobs I was on when I first started in this field. And it was uh, the change out to RWB or to RWF2s to, to LXs. Mm-hmm. It was like right on. Yeah. And then, now they're already kind of obsolete. You know, not yet, but they're doing, yeah. you know, they're, kind of, they're getting, they're, they're getting yeah. there. And, uh, but we had to change them all out. And I really liked that. The, uh, I really liked the LXs. I, I really did. Cause they were easy to follow really basic 
So when we did when we first got yes. into an HP panel, I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. But why wasn't like this before? You know, because I had touch phone before. You know, it's a great idea. That's the technology. Yeah, coming along. And um, but I mean, I think that you know, the art, the LXs were pretty. The, the HDs are are pretty similar to the, uh, like if yeah. you can na- navigate an LX, you can you can na- kind of figure out how to navigate an HD. And I think I I do prefer HDs. And I would say it's kind of like what you were saying. It's it's based off of uh, off of what I've worked on the most and what I've changed out the most. I I went to the same school that you did. I or to the to the GEA school, the startup class where they did the, and I and I got sick in the middle of it, so I missed like two days, which really sucked for me because by the time time I came back, we were like trying, we were like unwiring the. I can't remember what the cards they the little wafer cards or whatever. Yeah, they call them slices. They'll call them slices or different names. Slices, yeah, yeah that's that's it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there, there's not. I mean, you could. That's the thing that the difference between what I I didn't have a confidence with the Omnis because I it did you couldn't navigate it through like what you could navigate through even like the G Force panel. Yep. You know what I mean? The G Force panel and the HD were still somewhat similar, like how that you know with 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 the settings that they had in them and going through them there might the menus might be a little bit different but they all pretty much had the same information and the omni kind of took it to a whole different level and and, and, which i i think that the omni can do a lot more than what what the other i mean at least from what i've done with an omni versus what i've done with an hd um there's there's a lot uh, the, the omni is it really is a good panel yeah, I mean, there's well, when you use them as a sequencer, like a system panel, they're really, yeah. really good for that. Um, what was I going to say about that? Uh, uh, those are G forces. Um, those were definitely. Um, I felt I felt like G forces were kind of like the you know middle child there or something. They didn't really because <laughs> because they had a little bit of the one and the other. But um, oh, that's what that uh, LXs. Um, and you're right, the LXs and the HD panels. If you can, if you can get one, you can definitely get the other. They, they made, they definitely made sense. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, I guess like, like you said, it's just, it just depends on when we were out there at, at the GEA training, the last three days, all we did was just make, they just made problems and you have to fix it. Yeah. You know, they rip out a bad slice and put it up one end or it'll take yeah. the blows, you know, they'll put in a, you know, wire that doesn't have the end on it and it's you know they cut it so it has the insulation on it and they put it back in the terminals you know <clears throat> stuff like that so it helped you get familiar with it but uh you know they all call it kind of all are the same i guess when you start troubleshooting them they just have different little parts and pieces you know it's all the same process but uh some of those omni panels and get into those system panels though it's just amazing what uh you know this one place you go to it's uh it has like a wind tunnel you know it's a and um for testing and and they have a sequencer and it's not a real big system i mean it's it's only got two compressors or a couple 500 horsepower compressors mm-hmm. but uh it's the sequencer on that is it's really neat because it's, it's it controls everything literally everything that is on that system it can controls it yeah. and it's uh not yeah. that bad to follow so for some places it's a it can be i mean they're still expensive and the custom programming is expensive but it can be economical if you don't have a plc system to use that instead for refrigeration system if it's not something that's complex with a million evaporators and because it can only do so yeah. much you know you can expand it but it still can only fit so many cards and you know in, in, in that panel but uh yeah. but it was pretty neat now that one used to be a micro three and that was just <laughs> it was just a huge difference between running the micro three and run the omni panel but it's the technology that's what i started with <laughs> 
My, yeah, yeah, that was my favorite panel in the be- beginning was micro threes. Yeah, I loved them. That was the first micro school I went to, and I didn't like. I dude, I was such an expert on those. I I like I hate like now when I see one, I almost have like a tear come out of my <laughs> eye because I'm like, man, that was just such a. It was such, like the technology has just gotten so much better, and I remember just thinking, like I can't. I I don't think I'll ever be an expert on a panel like I was on a micro three. And now I haven't worked on one in so long. I don't think I'm an expert on a micro three either. <laughs> they are good. There was a, there was so many of them around still. We've we've replaced actually quite a few. We've done quite a few of those lately. And uh, in the last couple yeah. of years, a different it didn't matter what contractor. We've just been changing them out. Um, or, or some you know sometimes they'll just change it out a micro three for uh, HD panel because I've seen that too. You know, they'll switch them back and forth. They'll pick whatever brand they want, yeah, long as yeah. it's compatible. You know, and uh, but uh, yeah, those micro threes are great. You know. I always wanted one that I could just put it because I, you know, I, I have a my barn. You know, I work on the car and stuff in there, and uh, you know, work. You bring your work home with you. Think about it. You know, and you always wanted to like decorate my garage and have a micro three on the wall or a micro two and two C's and stuff. Dude, that would be so cool. <laughs> but have you do them, have one, or you're thinking cool. about putting one? You're like, like you're wanting to put one in there. Yeah, I'd love to have one in there. Half the time we take them out though, they they don't work at all, or their displays are shot. This one actually was outside. We did did it earlier this spring it was outside it's in a stainless panel you know micro three outside for one screw compressor nice yeah yeah, right? yeah. something different it's uh it was quite different actually it's not a big system actually it, was, it wasn't even it was 507 uh but anyways it was outside so long that the display went it just went you know they couldn't even see it anymore yeah. and they're still and they were still running mm. it <laughs> sadly but they changed That's it crazy. but uh yeah that yeah one day it'd be nice to have something like that and you know, wire it up you know and then you have it in your garage yeah, kind of neat for old time's sake or something to see that. Uh, or the filter panels, the old filters, um, which I still have. Go to a couple places I have. Which the ones? I've man, I hate. I can't. I'm not <laughs> gonna say I hate a filter panel. I don't like. I didn't. I don't like the way they they like. I can't say anything about the 20 or the new one. Is it the 2020? Vision, yeah, the 2020. Like, yeah. Yeah, the Vision yeah. 2020. Yeah. I haven't worked on a lot of those, but I'm not like on. I've had some of the older panels. Um, they just do it different. Yeah. They, the way they control the slide valve is different. I'm not a fan of oh, the actuate, controlling yeah. it by the actuator yeah, and stuff the, like that. Yeah. Yes. I'm not, I don't, I don't mind the actuator, I th- but it there instead of, I don't think, man, I don't want to, it's been so long since I've seen one now, but there was something about this, the, how you're, st- how it between the load and unload and it wasn't, it didn't use like a regular prop band and dead band. It used something else. I can't, I can't remember what it was, but I've always had issues trimming filters out. Um, and I, I mean, I don't mind, I like the, I, I kind of like the electric, uh, the electric actuators, um, just because they're not relying on any kind of pressure. Nothing can, you know what I mean? They're either going to yeah. open or they're going to close unless you wire one up backwards, which I've done that too. <laughs> right. Have you ever done that? No, I haven't done that I yet. Just, I did, <laughs> man, I had this senior service tech. I was like, I had been in the field for like two years and he, it's so funny cause he blamed it on me, but I had no idea what I was doing. And, uh, <laughs> he, he was having me, we ended up wiring one of the, it, it was like the volume, um, the volume ratio up backwards or something like that. So it ended up being essentially 50% loaded. So whenever we <laughs> went to start the compressor up, that thing would not turn. Oh, I don't yeah. know if anybody, if you've ever oh, yeah. started a compressor yes. up loaded. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't work. 
No, it doesn't. That scared the shit out of me. And then he he was like, no, nah, go over there, dog. Start it up again. I'm like, man, it doesn't sound right. He's like, oh, just do it again. And I went over there and then just the motor started smoking and shit. And I was like, oh, God. And he's like, well, you wired that, that thing up backwards. And I was like, man, I don't even know what I'm talking about. You just told me where to put it at. And I was... I don't miss those kind of guys. <laughs> I bet. The, the field used to be full of them assholes. Yeah, yeah, they set you up a little bit to that, you know, and uh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, I've heard them go, go 100% loaded or 50% loaded, and they don't go very far. Yeah, you know, it's terrible uh, sound. Yeah, have, have you ever seen the my, my pro old old Micon panels? Because I I work on a few of those still. The my I think it's M Pro. It's it kind of it would remind you of probably a, it would remind you of a Micro Three or. A, uh, that's the years it was yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. 90s yeah. in the 90s and uh, yeah. some of those are still around and actually uh, I never I've never worked on those old things and uh, it, it actually I actually don't mind them it reminds me of them micro three you know it's pretty easy to navigate yeah. around and uh, but those are pretty uh, that's the one thing it, with the mycoms because we don't use as many mycoms we don't see as many I guess anymore but you yeah. see a lot of the compressors you know when uh, GEA would put them on there you know they put Couple mm-hmm. things during Bush, and uh, I like the Micoms because you can see the slide valve on the back of it. Well, you know these guys had that, yes, and that's kind of the telltale sign when I was first learning all these million different compressors. I felt like there was a, I didn't know anything when I first started at after I left at my first contractor and started just doing ammonia, and because uh, mm-hmm. I used to like I said you did a little bit of everything. You know you did rooftops and you did you did everything. I worked on some steam stuff, yeah, and uh, but trying to remember all those compressors when I first started, I felt like I, it was like day one all over again, working for them. And, uh, you don't know, I didn't, didn't realize there was that many of them because I, like I said, that's why I said I felt earlier when I felt flat at that place. Cause it, you just wanted to keep learning. Right. And you can only, only learn so much if you only go to certain places or something. It just wasn't, wasn't a, it was, it was, it just was kind of boring, I guess to say work out boring yeah you're gonna say stuff yeah i think that's what's neat uh i like going being regulars at customers but it's nice to be able to go to different places you know i, I really like that because i know some guys will go to the same it place is. and that's where they'll be at for a very long time you know i don't know how you yeah. like it but i always liked it i mean i don't like it and bounce around i like being at the same places but if you can go to like 10 different places you don't get bored, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you go from place. That's what I prefer. Yeah. Right. I don't, I would hate to have like this. I never like the same place. Like there's not, I would, I most certainly would get bored. I couldn't even, I've tried working for, I mean, I have worked for, for several major manufacturers, food distributors, um, stuff like that. And I, man, two, three years is about all I can do. Like I go in there, I fix all the shit and then I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm bored. You know, there wasn't, I I can't, I can't do it. I've got to have, and you are right. Like I've, I've had, I, I, I I've jumped around quite a bit. I've worked for three or four different service companies. I've worked for three or four different, um, you know, and, you know, manufacturers, food distributors, stuff like that. Yeah. And it, it does make you well-rounded. Like they're like the more you, are exposed to i mean just naturally right the more you're exposed to the more you're going to learn so when you're stuck at one place it's extremely difficult to learn what all the technology is out there unless they bring that technology inside you know and 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 no you know that's never going to happen in one single place so the field is really where you get all the experience, you know, on all different types of manufacturers, whether it's the, all the compressors or, you know, whether it's all the different valve manufacturers and they're like the, and the technology is constantly evolving. So 
being in the field kind of gives you that, but it, you have to have a good mixture of it. Five, six, eight, ten customers, whatever it is. That's that's about where I like to bounce around. Oh yeah, you know, there's not, yeah. but staying at one place then it just really isn't for me. <laughs> that's uh, it's the same here. You kind of get you're all gun ho because I've done it a few times where you're the same place for a couple of years or like mm-hmm. you're there for, i was at one place two places almost for seven years you know a couple places here and there but literally you know 95 percent of the time was at just two places and uh man it was so fun when you started and then you know that's the, the downfall is it just gets boring after a while because you're like well uh, i i know what's wrong with it before i even go look at it because it's not you know yeah. stuff like that but uh yeah, I think that's the thing, too, with some of the uh, younger, because it seems like there's a pro- problem, like you were talking about earlier, like a problem with newer generation. I don't know if that's what it is, or especially ones that are younger, like in their 20s, it's, it's hard finding people. And uh, it, it's it's hard because it's because they, they still have to take that risk to uh, mess up to learn things, or they have to be kind of tossed out yeah. there a little bit. And uh, you can't just be at one place. It just It seems like they're it's tough to find people. And then when you find them sometimes, maybe they don't like that getting bounced around like that or, or, you know, which I think is kind of a necessity. I mean, yeah. Service tech, right? No, you're right. I I don't think that, I think the model of the traveling tech is going away. Yeah. You know, there's not like, I mean, like, like for the most part, most techs do not want to do that anymore. So, and, and it probably is this generation that's coming up. And so what I'm seeing is, most companies are building around the service tech. So, you know, within an hour, two hours, three max, so that it can be a service day or stay away from home for a night, maybe, and then come back home the next day, whatever it may be. I'm, and I'm not a fan of, like I travel a little bit now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, you know, I've got, I have a family. I I want same thing with you, man. That's one of my favorite things to see on Facebook is with you. Like, dude, you are, you seem like a great father. Like I love like (laughs) looking at your posts and stuff like that with your kid. And, and I'm sure you enjoy, but do you travel a lot? No, no. This, this contractor is, is, that's definitely a perk is it's all based around this area. They have enough stuff around here for us. And uh, I don't travel as far as I might go is two hours, you know, which honestly, I mean, that's not that far anyways. They get to go home at night because before I did do a little bit of traveling and, and just ridiculous amounts of driving. And, uh, you know, you're right. It, it gets tiring. And um, I think you're right about the, you know, these contractors are looking to base it around there because I don't know many people yeah. that really want to travel anymore that I know. I mean, a lot of them did, no. it, did it for years. They did it more than I did. And uh, but it's yeah. nice to come home with a kid. You know, you got kids or anything, a family, you know, um, so my daughter, it's funny sometimes, like if my phone rings <laughs> at, at uh, like at nine o'clock at night or something like that, it's like she knows what's going to happen, you know, it's, but, but, <laughs> oh, you know, man. and because yeah. the older she's, she's, you know, she's four now. So she, she kind of knows, she even knows my one boss's name that calls me, <laughs> you know, if, if it's not a customer, it's always this, yeah. usually this <laughs> one boss that calls me, you know, and uh, she knows, she knows his name. It's just funny. But, you know, uh, traveling, it's it's definitely a perk. And I think the older I got, and I felt like I, I already earned my traveling, so I don't need to do it anymore, yeah. I guess to say. Yeah. You miss a lot of t- – man, I missed – I probably one of my biggest regrets is I, I probably missed the first 12 years of, like, when I – I mean, for probably for the past seven or eight years, I've 
kind of gotten back to where I could stay a little bit more at home. But when I first got in the industry, that's all it was. You, it was expected that you traveled and I traveled everywhere. And, and I'm glad that I got that experience. I got to see a lot of different things and it really built my resume up. Um, but that's, you can't get that back those years, you know, right. if you, your, 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 your child needs the mom and the dad, you know, and, and if dad's gone constantly working, I think that that just, you know, I, I think that that can start leading to issues down, down the road and, and stuff like that. So I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'll travel a little bit now, you know, maybe once a month or, or, I mean, I do, I'll go. I mean, for the most part, I live in the area where I can I can do sales and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I can be home every single day. It may be a long day, yeah. You know, of dri- of driving and stuff like that. But yeah, um, you know, to be be home, that's that's really all I care about. You know, there's not my family comes first before this career. You know, oh yeah, I enjoy it. I love ammonia refrigeration more than anything. But that you know, that's the that's the honest truth. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I coming home to kid and wife is. It's nice to come home at yeah. night and, and uh, get to have those memories. My dad, growing up, my dad, he did maintenance at a kind mm-hmm. of like a grain facility. They did extractions, and it was quite a big facility, actually, for the town we lived in. That's what the town was based out of. That's who, you know, that's mm-hmm. everybody in the town worked there kind of thing. But he, I remember, I remember he, he worked a lot, you know, because he was a provider. My mom stayed at home. And, uh, yeah. you know, so growing up, I kind of thought that's how it'd be. But, you know, that's, but you're right. It's t- Times have changed, and... Uh, it's it's nice to be able to come home at night, and I, I um, you know, it's I'm I'm glad I don't have to travel. But like you said, sometimes you might have to go yeah. somewhere far. You just have a light day, but at least you come home at night. And I I don't yeah. know. I know when I first started, wherever anybody, if you went try to get a job somewhere, a, a contractor was asking if you want a job. This that it was always traveling. It was just like like you said, yeah. it's expected. You're expected to travel. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I certainly. Yeah. Well, Mark, dude, I have really enjoyed this conversation, man. We're gonna have to do this again at some point. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I, you know, I listen to your your podcast. He has a great ones, man, and uh, uh, I, I appreciate you asking me. Hopefully, I didn't bore you or nothing like that. But <laughs> no, not at all. This is a great conversation, man. You can hold a conversation. That's that's all a podcaster could expect, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's that's it's exactly yeah. it. I mean, dude, we'll do it again, man. Come up with some things you want to talk about, and if you've got if you got three or four subjects, shoot me a message, and and we'll do it again. That's perfect. I appreciate it, man. You have a good rest of the night. Okay, I'll talk to you later. You too, buddy. All right, All right. see you, Mark. Yep, we'll see you. Right, bye. Nice. So another one down, another one in the books. Um, I'm I'm glad to get this get this out. Um, I am going to be uh, putting them out back regularly. Um, again, I do apologize. I'm sorry, um, you know, but but we all got shit to take care of sometimes. Um, and and realistically, that's not an, an excuse. Like I I should have I should have toughened it out and continued on with it. Um, so you know that that was that's on me. All I can do is strive to be better in the future. All right, guys. Well, this is the end of the show. Appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time.